0: How you doing? Good, good. We just—we were actually just, uh, I just jumped off a Union's Unwanted episode. We were doing a Halloween special and uh, Charlie showed up uh, dressed up like uh, Buddy the Elf, which uh, was hilarious. <laughs> you know Buddy the Should Elf. Do I know that
1: reference? Yeah, Will
0: <laughs> Ferrell. You know Buddy the Elf, the Christmas movie? No? Do you watch? Nope. <laughs> You're too busy making films. <laughs> I
1: don't watch movies. I
0: don't know. That, I, I hear you, but but with kids, you don't you don't watch any movie with the kids.
1: Uh, occasionally, yeah. In fact, I just saw Jurassic Park for the first time in my life.
0: <laughs> oh, the original or or the new one?
1: Yeah, the no, the original. Ty- <laughs> I've never seen it, <laughs> but hey, it's a dinosaur movie.
0: Hey, why not? <laughs> well, it's typically the originals are better. I remember during uh, the COVID lockdowns, we were ju- obviously everybody's bored as all hell, so we're like looking for things to watch. And as hard as I tried, I could not find something current, you know, something recent. It was always like, okay, well, I remember this movie when I was a kid, I liked it. Let's watch it with the family. I remember you know, and we just kept going back. Everything has been kind of recycled and redone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: There's there's like nothing new.
1: Yeah. I, I, movies are probably a thing of the
0: past now anyway. You think so?
1: I think uh, culturally, technologically, for a number of reasons, we're moving on beyond that. I think the next stage of the media matrix does not include two-hour
0: Hollywood cinema as the medium of choice. You think it's going to be just VR, uh, virtual reality experience type things?
1: Yeah, I think something more akin to, I guess what we would refer to as a video game, but interactive space will be the next The next iteration but at least for the time being it is 60 second tiktok videos like there there ain't no one watching a two-hour movie without scrolling through their feed and talking to their friends and whatever now right and no one goes to the movies anyway you don't go to a cinema you watch it at home so it's it's just a completely different experience and it takes away the mystique of ooh hollywood you know it's this other world that you're stepping into when you step into the theater and you sit down and the lights go down and all of that, that whole experience is going the way of the dodo. Um, the comet has struck. I just don't think the dinosaurs have realized it yet.
0: <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. It's <laughs> speaking of dinosaurs. You watch Jurassic Park lately, but, uh, yeah, it, it, that's, that's funny. It, it, it <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's wild because everything is evolving. I, I, you know, everybody says we're we're living in the crazy of craziest of times. I think during the COVID era and, and that I'm not that those things aren't still happening in COVID. I mean, maybe the TV force feeding you that narrative is kind of behind us a little bit, but all the agendas are still playing out and there's still a lot of things going on. But, um, it did feel like we were living through probably one of the biggest events in in human history because everybody was involved everybody experienced it almost together which was very unique you know when you look back at history there's not a whole lot of events even the world wars you know there's some countries that were neutral some countries that weren't involved it it was very unique i mean what do you think i know you've done um and it's funny because you're talking about uh, people having short term uh or um you know short uh attention spans you were almost way ahead of the curve with your 911 little video i mean it's like you almost knew that that was the future like short videos and but what do you think we've learned from from this whole experience and do you think that I, I mean are you optimistic not not to already get to to your your overall opinion on things but i'm always curious on how people are experiencing what we've been through and what's going on if if you feel like we're winning in regards to like, yeah, like vaccines are now a discussion you can have with the average person without somebody getting emotional and looking at you like a crazy person and people are more skeptical of science to some extent. Um, at least this is my experience with even with the, the world yeah. <laughs> is your experience. Well, it
1: depends what circles you're moving in, right? Cause That's I'm right. betting there are people out there who know people in their life who still, still won't question the science even after all of this so yeah optimistic pessimistic i guess on us on a certain level i want to say that all of the all of this is kind of the details what is underlying this is i i think ultimately the technological movement that is being made um that obviously encompasses things like the mRNA vaccine production technology and things like this. Things that literally just weren't possible a couple of decades ago are possible now. And that and suddenly now this good excuse for injecting this into everyone in the world just suddenly pops up. Exactly as uh, F- uh, Fauci and Dr. Bright and all of those people were talking about at that conference in 2019. And I'm going to forget the details of uh, who was sponsoring that conference, but you can look it up in October of 2019, they're sitting there talking about the universal flu vaccine. And well, you know, this technology is so great, and it's going to make all of this old vaccine technology out of date. But we just, you know, it's unless there's some sort of crisis, no one's going to go along with it. As they were saying in October, 2019, anyway, because they were saying, oh, it's going to take 10 years to roll this out and cost billions and billions for the family manufacturers. And they're not going to want to do it. But if the government could step in and convince people that they need to have those. Um, So there's that sort of level of the technological strata. But as I say, I think there's the underlying technology of such things as the devices that we are using to physically communicate with each other not physically communicate, digitally communicate with each other, because Ricky, I've never been in the same room as you. And so some viewers out there may wonder, is is this the same person? Maybe it's James in disguise playing both parts. They've never been in the same room. Um, but I, again, that speaks to the, the sort of the nature of what we're living through right now. And what was, I think, at the core of that COVID experience you're talking about, not only was it the first truly global PSYOP that rolled out literally everywhere around the planet at the same time in that sort of dramatic fashion but also the the very nature of what happened there was it's yeah now we are communicating with each other more than ever before digitally online more and more of our life is online which of course is exactly the great reset agenda the fourth industrial revolution what they have been talking about for years the point of that is your digital life will become as important more important than your actual physical life and here's an example of what that'll be like we're going to lock you in your homes and everything all your contact with the outside world will now be digital and oh by the way we can turn you off and on on this platform since you from here stop you from communicating there put all your emails in spam boxes whatever we can do anything because we control the digital world that's sort of the nature of this which is why to a certain extent As hopeful as it may be that some people may start, may have gone to, I know a lot of people have gone down the rabbit hole and started questioning things because of the craziness of the past few years. But if we don't confront the technological nature of what's happening, who cares? Because they're going to deep fake a Ricky Verandas who's going to go around saying, I love the vaccines and I, whatever. In the digital world, they will control that world top to bottom
0: if we let them. Yeah. That's, and that's a scary future to, to kind of uh, try to digest. It's a, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's weird because uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth too. I feel like some people are waking up but I almost feel like this trend during that or, or that trend in the direction that we're going, it's almost l- like unstoppable. You can't prevent it. It's, it's, and it, it reminds me of like, and I've talked a lot about this on the show recently, um i've had dr or not dr professor uh, michael millerman on the show he's the guy who um from canada canadian got uh, uh basically lost his professor uh his job at the university because he was translating uh the first person to translate alexander dugan's uh books into english cuz he's uh, um michael millerman millerman's also eastern uh european and and found his uh dugan's uh, philosophies and some of his work interesting started translating it and then of course you know, you can't—God forbid—you you share somebody else's perspective on things, and uh, and and then lost his job. But um, he, going down that rabbit hole of Alexander doing because I find him very fascinating too, and and I think some of his perspectives are, are very fascinating, and and just different ways of looking at things and trying to understand like the soul of of Russia specifically. Because one thing that the the West does really well is paint the picture that this, uh, you know, whoever the enemy is is the other you don't understand them you don't want to understand them and you know we've we did that with yeah. the war on terror we've done you know we're doing that now with the eastern europeans the the russians specifically and um but they had, you know it, it led me down this rabbit hole about this this whole idea of uh the enlightenment right and how after the enlightenment we um we be we started this trend towards materialism and and scientism you know and and it was because you know we almost look at the enlightenment as like this great Uh, time in history, you know, some people look at it as as that way, as like a positive thing in history, a positive event. But Leo Strauss, which, you know, I I started diving deeper into his work because of uh, Michael Millerman and and Alexander Dugan referencing him so much. um, He has this perspective that it it, will, it's almost, you can get that almost as the beginning of the origin story of the path we're going down. You know, you get the enlightenment, where it's like oh yeah we'll leave all that supernatural stuff that spiritual stuff the religious wars will 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 stay behind us and we'll put that behind us and we'll, we're we're now enlightened and but it comes at a price now without uh spirituality without um believing in uh, other things besides things that you can feel and touch and you know this material world uh we uh, end up having this issue now where we don't believe anything that science hasn't already uh, tr- explained or, or, or they basically say they've explained. And uh, do, is do you right. think, have you ever th- went down that rabbit hole and, and thought about that? Is that, do you think there's anything there? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole dark enlightenment
1: thing. I haven't read Dugan um, yet. I will at some point, but I haven't read him directly yet. But I'm uh, currently working... Through a, uh, I think it's an 800 page biography of Putin. I'm listening to the audio book. So it's 29 hours, um, by Philip, Philip Short. And, um, at any rate, it's good to get some of the biographical details. Although he starts out by refuting the conspiracy theories about the Moscow apartment bombings um, and the fact that the uh, the FSB had something to do with them, and and it's funny when he lays it all out and then and then says, "Well, this is why it couldn't possibly have happened." He actually makes me believe it even more than I already <laughs> did, <laughs> because his refutation is so poor. But that to the side, yeah, the whole the idea of the enlightenment and and secular humanism and dialectical materialism leading to communism fascism um, progressivism which was the torchbearer for uh for eugenics in the early 20th century there there is definitely a historical thread that can be woven from that but i i'm leaning towards the thesis that it actually all goes back to hegel and his uh his his reification and deification of the state, the state as the absolute pinnacle of ultimately human history. And I think all of these authoritarian ideologies end up, whether they know it or not, going back to Hegel. And I think that might have been the sharpest wrong turn in philosophical history. But I need to do some more thinking and reading on that. So I I reserve, that's just, I'm just throwing this out. I'm spitballing. You heard it it here first on the Ripple Effect podcast, folks. Um, We'll see if I flesh that out with some more, um, uh, podcasts in the future. But yeah, uh, there is definitely something to that. A- at any rate, the scientism, which has led us to the point that we are at today and scientism, of course, being this ideology that uh, essentially follow the science, trust the science, what Fauci says is right kind of thing, which of course has nothing to do with the scientific method, which at the end of the day is simply a method for discovering truths about the material world and that's all it is and that's all it is good at and that is all that it can be used for but when we start putting our our structuring our society around it um that's when we start to run into the problems and just just at the basic level that you could describe this to a normie and you don't have to bring up any sort of crazy conspiracy ideas but just at the most basic level of this is when you do an analysis for example of hey maybe we can stop the spread of this virus if we lock every human being in the world inside their own home for a month let's see how that'll work uh, who is running the uh, the the other side of this scientific experiment like say the economic side of this because if you lock every human inside their home for a month yeah maybe you can stop the spread of some pathogen but what will that do to Oh, I don't know, all productive human activity on the planet. Maybe that'll, maybe that's disruptive. Maybe we can't do that sort of thing. Maybe there is cost benefit analysis. So of course, the economists will come in and say, well, yes, our science is the real science and you should be listening to us. But (laughs) I, I take that with a grain of salt. But at any rate, it's not like there is a the science here. That's, that's sort of the underlying issue that we keep coming back to that there is the science. And Fauci uh, or whoever in, in whatever country you're, you're listening to this in, it represents the science. And they speak with the, the voice of the science as if the science is a singular thing that speaks this one thing that we should all uh, agree to. So I get why the people, why actual scientists, for example, might be, should be the most opposed to the scientism that is now being preached in society right now. Uh, Unfortunately, if you do go out on that limb, like the professor you're talking about there in Canada or anyone else, uh, you're going to get, you're going to lose your job, you're going to get algorithmically shuffled out of existence or deplatformed or whatever. They're going to shut you up, which is, of course, another of one of the big lessons that we've learned over the last few years. Any and all scientific dissent can and will be quelled, the latest edition of which is YouTube's latest Announcement I'm sure you've seen by now that um, if you ha- are a medical professional, they are going to certify you as either an authoritative voice or not authoritative. And YouTube is going to decide what medical professionals are authoritative and adjust their algorithm accordingly. Yay, what could go wrong?
0: Now, uh, yeah, and, and the thing we were referencing for people, if they want to look it up, uh, the, the Russian apartment bombings, uh, they blame the Chechnyans. Uh yes other countries also have false flags and, and 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 do similar things as the US it's not always just the US they're all guilty of doing it um but yes and then you know uh, obviously they use that as a justification to get involved with the chechens and point the fingers there but uh d- the d- so do you think this trend is cuz i'm i'm trying to grasp the idea like is this something that humans a path that the humans organically go down uh you know would go down regardless we're like we just keep advancing we keep advancing we keep advancing and eventually this um mutation where we're blurring the line of gender and we're blurring the line of of uh you know so many things that uh you know conservatives uh try to hold on to do you think that's all or do you think it's on purpose like is somebody forcing this this trend in that direction uh, for a greater agenda? Or is this just a part of progressing as a human civilization?
1: No, I, I think uh, culturally speaking, there's nothing that's set in stone. And human, humanity could could go take all sorts of different directions. Um, but when you have a small group of oligarchs who control the vast amount of resources that they do in the system as it exists today... Uh, they are going to be the ones who will ultimately be able to influence the direction of that change. And I don't think it's cartoonish, as cartoonish as to say somebody has written out the script and, you know, every single plot point is in there. But I, and I don't think it's like that, but I think they can direct things this way or that way. When something, when a movement arises or when a person's kind of coming up the ladder, they can help that person out. They can help that movement and they can starve the other ones of funds and things like that in order to make sure that society goes in a certain direction. So what direction are they trying to take us in? Uh, again, I don't think you have to exactly be Nostradamus to figure that out. Uh, I, for example, I had a question for Corbett last year about uh, what is the trans agenda? And of course, everyone thinks, oh yeah, trans, this transgender stuff and all of that. But no, 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 no. Ultimately, the transgender agenda is ultimately about conditioning us for the transhuman future. That is where we are heading and that, that's where they want to take us. And again, you don't have to speculate about this. Just look at Klaus Schwab's on the, on the record speeches about we're all going to have the brain chips and our digital identity is going to become as important as our physical identity. And we're all, all of everything that they're pushing towards is this idea of you are no longer a physical, corporeal, material being. You're just this digital entity and we will control that digital entity in the digital spaces where we allow you to be. And that will be your life um, going into the future. Jack into the matrix, guys. What could go wrong?
0: Now, in, in regards to technology advancing, uh, you did uh, you do, you've done a, tons of amazing documentaries. I, I don't even know which one to talk to you about because you're constantly putting out more and more work. Uh, that, that's why he doesn't have time to watch movies because he's too busy making them. But it, very it's, true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the media matrix. W- what was uh? Because I'm sure that is timing ever a part of what you decide to release or is it more like, okay, this is on a bucket list of things like, okay, I want to do a film that focuses on this. I want to do a film. And then it just happens to come out at a certain time. Or is there a reason why the Media Matrix film was released recently?
1: Mm, It depends. Plus, those things tend to blend together at certain points. So, yes, I do have a a sort of bucket list of I, I need to do a documentary on this. And sometimes events and things will force that through. Um, Sometimes things, uh, the events themselves completely suggest a topic. So who is Bill Gates? I wasn't planning on doing a Bill Gates documentary, but at that particular moment there in the summer of 2020, I thought it is time to put all of this information I have on Gates together and get it out there. And uh, me and Brock worked on that for one month and produce that two-hour documentary absolute insanity but anyway um so sometimes it is events themselves that dictate it sometimes it's just on a bucket list and then events come up and i think okay now's the time to start working on it sometimes it's just what i feel there is no i'm not I, i certainly don't have some sort of strategy i'm not weighing out okay this video versus this video and which one will which one will get more juice in the algorithm or anything of that sort. It is really just whatever I'm sort of interested in at the moment. Um, The Media Matrix documentary actually stems from an online course that I delivered last year that is available, by the way, at newworldnextweek.com if people are interested in purchasing it. It's a six-hour lecture series on the history and the present and the future of media, really um it's charting that course of the development of mass media and what that is doing to us as a human species and there was so much really important information i think truly truly important information in there that i knew i needed to get that out in some sort of condensable watchable format for people so i i sort of condensed part of that and took it and put it in that media matrix documentary um so that's how it came together um and i get that it's not It might seem strange. Why are you talking about this now? But honestly, as I've been saying throughout our conversation here, I think this is kind of the underlying part of what it is we're experiencing. All the details of what's happening on top of that are sort of details. The actual picture of what's happening is the changeover in essentially in in humanity itself, in the human species that is taking place as a result of the changes in our technology for communication. And... I don't want to put it in such simplistic terms like saying that well i mean we shouldn't have media at all or anything like that Uh, that's that's ridiculous and to a certain extent humans have almost always had media whether it was drawings on cave wall or whatever it's part of who we are as human beings to try to present and represent our thoughts and put them out in the world in some sort of concrete form that is part of what it means to be human i think It's it's an expression of a natural urge that we have. But carry that natural urge out far enough and with enough technological advancement and you start getting to the point where we are creating media spaces, digital worlds that we will inhabit more so than we inhabit the real world. And there's the stat that just continues to blow my mind. But it was a couple of years ago. I should really have this you know, bookmarked and ready to go because I can never cite the exact figure. But it was something like the average American is now spending something like 10 hours a day in mediated space. I think it was more than 10 hours, but I'm going to be conservative and say 10 hours, which is insane. I mean, yeah, I, and I get it because who isn't talking on Zoom or have their phone in their hand or earphones in their ear or maybe reading a book? Do, do people still do that? Or, or reading listening to an audiobook, like the putin biography so yeah i get it yeah and i obviously given what i do i'm as guilty as anyone of that i am super steeped in media all the time because this is what i do for a living but um what does that mean what does that do to us at the human level what does that mean for our communication with other people though and then self-reflexively how does that start to shape the things that we even want to communicate in the first place if all of our experience is mediated and is coming to us through the media then all we think about all we do all we reflect all we communicate about are the things that we have received through that mediated experience more so than things that we get in actual physical reality and at a certain tipping point we become media creatures more so than we are actual human beings in the actual physical world and uh yeah, anyway, people should check out the Media Matrix if you find any of that even uh, partway intriguing. There's a lot of there's a lot of very interesting historical details about the history of mass media in that documentary that I think people should check out. And it is available, as with all my work, except for the online media course, but uh, for free at my website, corporateboardcom slash media.
0: Yeah. Media, And I know your stuff is now also available on Rockfin, which uh, many of us are on. So uh, you're on Rockfin, Odyssey, and uh, BitChute, uh, and I'm sure a bunch of other ones that I'm forgetting. So definitely check out. I know your Rockfin channel is, is fairly new. And so uh, please, people, subscribe. It's still
1: being uploaded. Um, uh, Matthew Raymond over at Content Safe is uploading all of the Corporate Report archive videos whatever 2000 of them or whatever it is so it's still it takes a while to upload it all
0: yeah i'm, I'm glad you hooked up with matt yeah I, I mentioned him to you a while ago he was a, a mutual mm-hmm. friend of richard groves and uh matt's been a lifesaver for me and his service is just it saves us so much time and i'm just like listen there's you can you could save a lot of time if you just talk to matt because obviously uploading especially to all the different platforms and they're all slightly different and Video is way more time-consuming than than yeah. audio to upload. So he, yeah. he is a like- It is objectively insane <laughs>
1: how little I have outsourced literally anything to do with my website. This is really the first outside person. I have Brock West for the video editing, and now I'm going to do this uh, for uploading videos at least to a couple of platforms. I'm still going to manually upload them to BitChute and Odyssey and whatever myself, but just I didn't want to take on any more uploading responsibility because... Whatever. I don't want to give the sob story, but people have no idea how much time. I mean, think about all the time I spend re- reading and recording and editing and, and getting th- things ready. And then add to that the time it spends to literally just post them hours of time just spending just posting videos. So it's it's insane. <laughs> but that's that's my life these days. That's why that is why I cannot spend time <laughs> watching movies.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully you find some some something to do. Like you, I, mean, I know you're still playing music and stuff. You need to you need to unplug. And I know uh, we've talked about this way back in the day about our wives be, being very similar they yeah. could care less about our work and what we do yeah. so yeah. <laughs> even if we don't want to unplug they force us to unplug because they don't want to talk about it or hear about it so it it kind of works in our in a know yeah. it, it's funny because i'm like sometimes i'm like i wish she was more interested in this stuff and then other times i'm like i'm glad she's not because i do have to kind of get away from it from time to time honestly
1: yeah and plus yeah like in my band the other band members aren't I, I, they do actually watch some of my work but we don't talk about it all the time we're not a conspiracy theorizing band you know it's just good to have sort of regular human relations outside of these circles
0: (laughs) yeah well without a doubt and so you know the media and we we saw during the the lockdowns how the media can still paint any picture they want and still because for a while we're like oh everybody gets their you know uh their news on twitter and facebook and whatever the media has no pull there's nobody watching but then the covid lockdowns happen i'm like it they still have at least the older crowd. They still have control over them. And uh, I had Doctor um, Robert Epstein on my show. Are you familiar with him? He was on the Rogan podcast. Uh, he's the uh, the guy who has a research company that looks into how Google n- manipulates people. And it, oh, his it's absolutely it, the, his role. Rogan- the name
1: rings a bell, but I don't remember. I don't remember his story. Wait, does he have a name for his
0: website or? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think if he does have a, um, I think if you just look up Dr. Robert Epstein, you'll be able to find him. But he, uh, when he was on the Rogan podcast, it went so under the radar and nobody really, I'm like, this is one of the most important podcasts I've ever heard. I'm like, he literally dissected the methods that Google were using To to socially engineer us and and sway us in one direction or other, like it wasn't just like oh they're doing it. No, they uncovered exactly how they were doing it over and over and over again. And um and then you know talking about the power of the media and social engineering and all this stuff. He he uh his 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 wife had like this crazy a story where he was at a conference and um somebody went up to him and said hey I think something bad's gonna happen to you and uh and then on the Rogan podcast. Um, and, and we talked about it a little bit on, on my show too, uh, about how like that part of the interview, like, you know, just, I, I froze just like Rogan did. He's like, Rogan asked him, he's like, did anything happen to you a couple months later, you know, after this conference? And, um, he's like, no, but, uh, my wife was in a car accident and she died. And like, there was just like this silence and it's, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, a lot of people will listen to that part and think, Really, like, is that even possible? Like, you know, maybe it's just a coincidence or whatever. And of course, it could be, but the power of Google and the, 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 I mean, I, I say this all the time mobsters and gangsters have killed people for much less, you know? Mm, yeah. Or the claims that exactly. killed people for Yeah, much you less. read
1: about some taxi driver being killed for like $50 in cash or something. Let's multiply that out by the billions if not trillions of dollars that are on the line and hey it's not ultimately about the dollars i think at the end of the day it's about the power and there's a lot more power that you can get from something like google than you can get from 50 dollars from a cab driver so yeah absolutely um this is the thing that people struggle to to think about sometimes and put in the proper perspective and the reason why i can confidently assert that there is no real change that is ever going to happen through the voting booth and through voting yourself to freedom is because it precisely because this is about the most important the access and the the power over the most important leverages in society and you think the billionaires trillionaires whatever the people at the very top of the system are going to go oh no they all voted for candidate x oh i'm powerless help me no, that is not how this system works. This system is structured by the people with power to make sure that they maintain their power. And it's structured in psychologically very sophisticated ways. They know how to give people steam valves so that, uh-oh, people are getting riled up. We don't want a French Revolution. Okay, we'll just let some of that steam off. Or maybe they, sometimes maybe they do want the French Revolution, which may have been part of that uh, enlightenment that we were talking about earlier and that let us down... The path that we're on, so you know. Again, this is this this is not a this is not a game. And absolutely right. Of course, of course. If if you believe if you believe that this is all crazy conspiracy theorizing, you're going to look at that and say, "Well, it's just a car accident. It happens all the time." But if you don't, then you might think, "Well, there might be something more to that." And that's the that's the point of an operation, assuming that you know that sort of assassination can happen. That's the entire point of it, to make it look plausible enough. Yeah, right? it's a car accident, whatever. I mean, I don't know any of the details about this other than what you're telling me. So I don't know. Was there someone else involved in that car accident? Were they, were they killed? Were they prosecuted? What happened with it? Was it just some sort of random hit and run? Like, what well, I don't know. But there could be more to that story. I'm certainly open to that perspective. Um, anyone who would shut it down before knowing anything more about that are the type of people who are, uh, I think, privy to the the overall um, psychological operation to convince
0: them that there are, are no conspiracies that ever happen well we could talk about the Halloween scare because uh one it's Halloween here in in uh, the US and uh and two I think it also shows the power of the media you know which is what um, we're kind of talking about because the new media is Google they control all media so uh, basically you know it's the same way that the radio or the newspaper, the TV used to have exclusive control over what people read and what was news. Um, Now, you know, you have Google who controls those outlets. And, uh, Whitney Webb was actually on uh, the Patrick bet David show recently. I don't know if you saw that, but it was, it was awesome that he actually had somebody on like her, uh, to discuss the Epstein thing or whatever, but she was talking, they asked her about the media and she was saying how, she hasn't seen her parents in a long time. She hasn't been in the States in like eight years, but she was at her parents' house first time in like eight years. And they just basically regurgitate what they see on TV. And like, it's this, I like, and, and it kind of reminds me of, and you're always so ahead of the curve. Uh, your, your documentary, the crisis of science and this, you know, which is a great, I highly recommend people going back and checking that out. But it's, we, we have this problem or I shouldn't say we, but you know, as, as a, society we have this this uh deep rooted um i don't know if it's in our if we've been engineered this way but and we probably have to look at anybody who is on tv or anybody who you know is writing in a newspaper or is considered a scientist and has a phd as experts and like we almost put them on this moral pedestal where even if mm. they've lied to us over and over and over and over again you still give them the benefit of the doubt that they might be telling you the truth this time. What the hell is that?
1: Again, I think this has to be an extension of an expression of something that is sort of natural to humans, but also that there is a, a sort of logic behind it. Because in our daily lives, we all the time we put our trust in various people that we may or may not know anything about other than they were certified, you know, they they have this qualification. Okay, I go to a car mechanic. I'm going to assume they know something about cars, right? Um, more than I do. And and uh, we, we make that judgment a million times a day without even really thinking about it. And we put our lives, we entrust our the safety of our lives and our family's lives in the hands of people that we don't know. We have to do that for society on this scale to function. So it is unfortunately not that difficult to hijack that sort of natural part of human society and how we come together as human beings and to okay well we're going to institutionalize this and make it so that everyone will be playing the same ball game that we tell them to play and um the the obvious example of that historically speaking if you want to look back at um where i mentioned it and how big oil conquered the world i talk about in rockefeller medicine how the Rockefellers Carnegie's sponsored um, Abraham Flexner or was that his brother Simon Flexner one of the Flexners to create the Flexner report which was to go around the United States and go oh look at all this shoddy nature of all these haphazard ways in which doctors become doctors we need to standardize it and so of course you get the uh, the American Medical Association and you get all of these um standardized medical schools that then start to standardize the education so that all doctors learn the same thing, they all go through the same experience, they all get indoctrinated into the same cult, essentially. And, and again, it would be too simplistic to say that it's all wrong, and that everything that you ever say is wrong. And that, you know, if you just do 180 degrees opposite to anything a doctor says, you'll be right. Because again, that's, that's almost like saying, yeah, I know that these doctors are not gods floating on 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 clouds that know everything and can do anything. Um, but I'm going to take the opposite idea, that they are demons with pointy horns who are literally evil all the time and trying to hurt as many people as possible. So if I do the opposite of everything they say, I'll be safe. Again, cartoon nonsense. Um, no, most doctors, most of the time, probably do genuinely believe they are doing well and doing what's right. They just don't know enough to know what they're what they don't know, right? Essentially, what they're not being taught. All they know is they got the good grades and they passed and they, they got their, their certification by regurgitating what they were told and, you know, not looking too deeply into it. They're not they're not trying to experiment or do anything crazy. It's just, oh, the drug rep, pharma representative comes and tells them this drug's going to do this for their patients and everyone else does it. It becomes a standard of care so that they will lose their license if they don't give this medication and what have you. So, it's just a system and they're just going along with that system. That's, that's how it works. But who created the system? That's the question. And how could that ever possibly be hijacked for other purposes? So that's, that's the underlying issue. And as I say, I think it's an expression of just sort of the natural way that human society comes together where we do put trust and faith in people. Um, and the craziest example of that, I think, is the way that Hollywood actors, have been venerated in times past, where when there was still the mystique of Hollywood and the big show stars and whatever, when a Hollywood actor is saying something about whatever, what the you know, the crisis, the starving Africans in Ethiopia or whatever, we even if we don't take them seriously, we're still listening to them. We still hear them. Because they have this gigantic media platform to talk to millions and millions and millions of people and to insert certain ideas into the public consciousness and that's that's crazy who the hell cares what george clooney thinks about what's going on in sudan (laughs) and yet he's able to be an operative for the cfr and to to opine on such things like this angelina jolie too like it's just it's insane and It's interesting to watch that being deconstructed in real time, because now that Twitter exists and we have more sort of access to these celebrities and they're not floating on clouds in this mystical, magical world of Hollywood la la land anymore. Now they're just real human beings who are just self-evidently idiots and can show the world that they're idiots on a second by second basis. I think that mystique is definitely falling and people are, you know, seeing through it. Um, That's a good example of how this can be discredited in the eyes of the public in the same way that for, as you say, a lot of people over the past couple of years, I think, have had those scales starting to fall from their eyes when it comes to doctors. Oh, they know everything. Oh, the the health authorities, World Health Organization, they must know what they're talking about. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Huh? Maybe not. So I think that process is happening, but not nearly quickly enough.
0: Yeah, and people are are, and and this has been an issue for a long time. I remember when I had Jim Abrams on my show, uh, the guy who did the naked. I know you don't watch movies. Maybe you watched them back in the day The naked gun airplane. uh, Some some of my favorite movies growing up. So I had the filmmaker on because he has a uh, story about uh, his son who had these violent seizures. Uh, They went to. Uh, he basically had access to all the best doctors, all the best treatments, and all they kept doing is giving him more pills, more pills, more pills, gave him a surgery that didn't do anything. So, you know, looking back, reflecting, it was probably un- a unnecessary surgery. And one day doing his own research, he ended up finding that John Hopkins uh, had some success with treating these seizures with uh, the ketogenic diet. I'm a big fan of the ketogenic diet. I've been eating like that more or less for, for a long time now and um and but i also i'm just a big believer in dietary treatments for things at least it should be something that should be entertained obviously what you're eating is either helping or hurting you uh, if you eliminate the things that are hurting you possibly you're going to get better believe believe it or not um i think that's also why the uh the uh, carnivore diet has done so so well for people i don't think it's that um even though i love meat uh it, i don't think it's some magical thing i think it's more about what you're eliminating more than what you're eating uh, I think when you do the carnivore diet, it's the process of elimination. You eliminate anything that that could potentially be uh, causing some reaction or whatever. Um, but back to Jim Abrams, he ends up finding this. This treatment cures his son of these uh, of these seizures using the ketogenic diet because um, that what was causing the seizures had something to do with his uh, body, not uh, his brain, not capable of uh, of using glucose as an energy source so once you go in ketosis and you're using ketones as energy source it basically cured him he was so irate and pissed off because he's like i cannot believe that no doctor has suggested this or you know as even a option you know like it was just pill after pill after pill and years and years of of all of these violent seizures uh which you know had some lasting effects on on the family because of the struggles of that he had other uh, and you could probably relate to this and as a parent i could too uh, that one child needed so much of the attention of the family that other children were neglected and almost upset you know the, about the whole situation so it caused so many issues but anyways my my point of the story is that he had access to all the best doctors could cut in line in hospitals because of who he knew and and his status at the time of making these films and nobody suggested these things and we live in a world where Most people think if the doctor's not suggesting it, then it must be pseudoscience. It must be BS. And his, his story is a great story of like, there was this other option. He, he wasn't just going to any doctors. He's going to the best doctors and Mm -hmm. yet, you know, no, so it's like the best. Yeah. 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 And but that
1: exactly—that's exactly how this
0: functions. And
1: you're exactly right. If it is—if it's is not being suggested by the best doctors, then by definition, in most people's heads, then it must be pseudoscience, right? Yeah. And and how again, again, the best doctors—I—I I, I don't think we're actively trying to harm that child. I think they just genuinely have no idea. They just did, no. I I didn't study. We didn't get anything in our training about ketones and. And dietary possible solutions for this and why not I mean that's sort of the underlying issue here why why wouldn't that be included I I think obviously from my perspective obviously because that's who's that going to benefit who 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 gets the rewards from that um no one no one in the value supply ad you know product chain gets to benefit from people eating healthier uh, that, that doesn't, no, 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 you eat the crap, you get sick from the crap, you take crappy medicines that don't quite cure you so that you continue to feel crappy so that you go back for more medicines. There's a lot of money to be made from that system, right? Um, yeah, that's, that's how it's structured to function.
0: Have you kept up with uh, the Kanye West story? I know it's going to be like uh, you're, you're a guest on E.T. TV, you know, entertainment tonight. <laughs> Have you kept up with I with, did it to
1: myself by creating a media documentary. So <laughs> I, I guess I, I should be keeping up with the latest media happenings,
0: right? Uh, uh, because it, it, it's concerning because before people who were getting canceled and, and censored, people like yourself and myself getting kicked off YouTube and, and other social media platforms, Uh, It was just getting kicked off social media platforms. But now the extent that they've been going to take down people like Andrew Tate, Kanye West, um, uh, Alex Jones, you know, like they're getting punishments that personally I do not think fit the crime when people like Ghislaine Maxwell still has access to Uber and her bank account. and, And, you know, like so actually... Actual criminals and people who have harmed people, murderers, rapists, don't lose access to some of these services. Andrew Tate, for example, um, I remember uh, seeing an interview with him where he talked about how, like, overnight, he lost access to, like, his bank account, Uber, like, all these services that many people use uh, were all just, nothing linked to his name or his identity would work. Nobody wanted to work with him, and it, it all seemed like a collusion, plan like everybody yeah oh, and, and it ov- obviously is there's yeah. no way you can deny
1: that especially i mean look at um, what happened to alex jones in 20 was it 18 when he was deplatformed from literally everything overnight it was apple and facebook and twitter and whatever else there was a bunch of uh, platforms that deplatformed him on the the same day and not because of anything that happened that particular day. It was they they coordinated to deplatform someone, and we're seeing this happening now as obviously I think part of the precedent-setting um, nature of what's going on. They want to do it in a big, spectacular way to people who are very much in the focus of media attention, so that everyone can see the deplatforming happen and they know that this this is now the consequences of speaking out in the digital age you're going to get deplatformed and obviously they start with the controversial examples they're going to start with the people who most people won't even want to defend because if you defend, are you defending Kanye West? Oh, you hate the Jews, right? That's what you're saying if you defend Kanye West, right? Of course, they're going to pick these super lightning rods, super controversial examples to set the precedent so that then they can lower that bar so that then it becomes Ricky Verandas. Oh, you're talking to the wrong types of people on your podcast. Oh, James Corbett, you were, you were saying bad things about scientists and scientism. Uh-oh. So obviously this is a part of the lowering the bar and uh the most worrying part of all of this because for me getting deplatformed from a twitter or something like that has never been my concern because why are you on twitter in the first place i I think the the deeper more worrying concern is the financial deplatforming that is now happening and again has been happening for several years um operation choke point in the u.s for example was financially deplatforming people back in 2015 2014 2013 people were receiving these letters uh gun dealers uh coin dealers um uh, uh porn stars i mean you name it anyone in any sort of you know fringe or controversial but completely legal business was being severed by their banks but now they're bringing it out into the public attention but that was kind of happening a little bit quietly that you know they were not trying to report on it now it's like hey look Kanye's going to lose his bank and look alex jones can't do banking anymore or whatever they're going to put these people out there to show that this is what's happening obviously for the next stage of the agenda which is the central bank digital currency paradigm where we're going to be used to the idea that the government controls who can and cannot buy things in the economy. I I again, I just I cannot state overstate how important it is what we're living through right now. The in, this is it. This is what people have been warn, warning about for thousands of years. I mean, go back to the book of revelations, you know, it's you cannot buy without the mark on your hand or your forehead. Well, we're almost there. We're just about to turn that corner and most people are going, "Yay! Yay! Get rid of that vile man. Yay!"
0: Well, the the crazy thing is that, like, typically I get the opposite reaction. I got intrigued with Alexander Dugan because he was censored. And I'm like, why are they censoring mm. a philosopher? I'm like, OK, mm. maybe Putin's a fan of his work. I'm like, but what, what is he? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Thank you for bringing that up, actually, because that's another
1: part of this is that there is a certain section of the population that can almost be you can almost guarantee that when you start censoring something or saying, don't look over there course there are people who are going to be like oh really Ooh, that must be good but again if you're a smart oligarch don't you think you use that to your advantage it's like yeah censor this guy don't don't look over there everyone don't look at this guy don't look at this stuff oh no 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 oh don't oh they're looking at it oh oh who could have predicted that no no, no. if you're a smart oligarch you censor some of the people that you want that information to get out, or at least you want it to get out to a certain, the certain section of the population that you're targeting for a certain psychological operation. No, don't look at this information over here, guys. Oh, they looked at it. Wow. And now, now they think it's super cool. And you know, it's censored, so it must be right. Again, there's, there's layers to this and all it takes is, all it takes is for I I think a lot of people don't put themselves in the position, okay, let's imagine I am the evil dictator of this evil psychopathic empire. What would I do? How would I use this power? Think about it from that perspective. How would you trick people into, for example, taking something seriously that that you want them to take seriously? Yeah, of course, you censor it or you put it in this pile over here. The The obvious maneuver is to censor things that you genuinely want censored and things that you don't want censored, uh, that you want to get out to certain sections of the public as well and make them sort through it. Because the ultimate, I think the ultimate information control is actually to overload people with, to the point where they cannot understand, you you can never know what's happening underneath the cover of what information they want to get out what information they don't want to get out what information is genuinely valuable what information is 99 percent true but one percent poison or you know whatever ratio there is in there there's so many layers to um, information operations like this that uh again it, it would be too easy if all the, if everything that was censored is 100 true that would be a little bit too easy
0: yeah they're, they're, i remember the merchants of doubt uh they, talked about this and uh, i don't think i agreed with uh, the book but i do remember this one thing that I, I learned in it this idea of uh it being an actual tactic this idea of just putting conflicting information because people will just kind of throw their hands up and be like well i don't know what yeah. to believe i'm just going to believe the experts and you saw during covid i mean a lot of people are like yeah you're right you know i am hearing that i'm also hearing this i'm also i don't know what to believe i'm going to do what they tell me so it it, it yeah. is a, a, yeah. a tactic but you know the, the thing is like um Recently, uh, with Kanye West talking about the things that he's talking about, um, Kyrie Irving's another one, like he he got censored for or he he's been getting backlash about a uh, uh, I don't know if you've watched it or know anything about it, but it's called Hebrews to uh, Negroes Wake Up Black America. and it's a documentary that apparently he uh, Kyrie Irving referenced, and of you know everybody's writing about this. oh, you know, he didn't he didn't um retract sharing this documentary or whatever. And of course the first thing I'm doing is like what is this documentary about? And is this a perspective I haven't heard? And um so you're right, like sometimes it's like, Okay, or are they you know, or are they So are you are you becoming a black Israelite? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got to do a DNA test and give the Chinese my uh, my, my my DNA information. Well, and then, maybe
1: maybe you can believe that without being black. I don't know. I
0: just I don't well, know I mean,
1: too many white black Israelites.
0: Well, well, it's funny because like even there, there does seem like there there's this and there probably there has always been like this divide in society with the, the scientism and then people that are more spiritual or whatnot. But it does seem like it's ramping up a little bit. You don't talk about it too much. I think in the past, I feel like I have run into either interviews or work where you you talk a little bit more about your spiritual side or whatnot. But do you, uh, you know, do you is that something that that is important in your worldview? Like, are, are you do you consider yourself a spiritual person, a religious person? Uh, I know a lot of times you you just focus on on you know facts and historical stuff. Um, but you know what what that stuff, of course, has a play in our worldview and who we are as people uh, are, you know, would you consider yourself a a spiritual person? Uh,
1: Well, as, as I have said before, I'm definitely not a materialist. I do not think that the universe is simply composed of just the matter that we see and feel and sensor, sensorily experience. There is more to the universe than that. And so absolutely I am not uh, the materialist in that sense, Um, having said that, yeah, I don't dwell on my spiritual beliefs and things like that because I am not here to be a guru. I'm not your spiritual path guide or anything along those lines. I am putting out information about the world that I think is important and that I hope that you will at the very least consider. And I think people can see sort of the the perspective and the ideology that I'm coming from, from everything that I talk about, the way that I talk about it, the things that I I talk about. Yeah, I, I clearly have an interest in the human species and where it's going. And I am very much against the oligarchs and the evil psychopaths who want to control the human species. And I'm not afraid to use that word evil because I think evil exists and must be confronted. So I think there are identifiable parts of where I'm coming from and all of that. But I'm I'm not here to lecture people about, now this is what God is and this is how you become a spiritual person. If you want that, there's plenty of people who are out there giving that i'm just trying to give facts about the world that i can point to and that i can show you that will hopefully hopefully bring you towards a a better understanding of the world and if this information is useful to you then awesome great thank you to everyone who supports this work and makes it possible if it's not useful to you you don't have to listen i don't have a gun to your head that's the beauty of this work that we're doing um but that's The horror of the system that they're going to bring in, whereby essentially they are going to try to once again control information to the extent that they used to back in the beautiful heyday of mass media back in the 20th century, where literally the handful of corporations controlled 90 plus percent of what you were seeing and hearing on a daily basis. They want to bring it back to that and they are working hard to and they're almost succeeding, um, which is insane because we now live in the we, we simultaneously live in an era where The free flow of information, the decentralization of information is now more possible than has ever been conceivable in all of human history. The technologically possible, feasible, it's doable. But at the same time, we're about to step into the most controlled information paradigm that humans have ever lived in. And to a certain extent, that's because we're going that direction, because we are buying these devices that we know are controlled we are going on these platforms that we know are controlled we are putting more and more of our life and our identity and entrusting them to a handful of corporations when we don't have to do that there there you can use the internet in a decentralized way but more people are using it in a centralized way because it's easier and everybody's on it everybody's on facebook facebook will be there for all time and we have to we have to have a whole committee in congress to regulate facebook and to make face Oh wait no one's using facebook anymore okay now we have to have a whole committee to regulate twitter and oh no one's using twitter anymore okay now we have to have a whole committee to regulate TikTok. no stop being idiots you can choose what to do you can choose not to go along with this and so that's that's the core basis of what i'm doing is trying to get people to realize their choices and what they are and what what it means when you make this choice or when you make that choice i would say that's my underlying purpose but I'm not here to guide people on some spiritual metaphysical path and pretend that I'm some guru sitting on some cloud or something. I am not. And that's not what I'm here for. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not afraid to say, yeah, I'm definitely I'm not a, I'm not a materialist. I I think there there is more to this universe than what we experience with our senses. But I that's not that's not what the Corbett report is
0: about. I see what you're doing. You're, you like to keep us guessing, don't you? <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> uh, you know me international man of mystery speaking of which
0: i have another interview yeah to to i, right I figured so much you're always on the go uh but oh, yeah. thank you so much james for being with me my spiritual friend and <laughs> and uh and keep up the great work hopefully we'll reconnect uh in the near future and uh, as always everybody check out james corbett I'll put all the links in the show description. I'll send you this show once it's up and live, and, and we'll talk again uh, hopefully in the near future. Thanks, James. Awesome. Go. Take care, Ricky. I always appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Absolutely.